And now, a warrior for the Word of God and the Constitution of the United States, a Marine Corps veteran, a Harvard-trained attorney, Bishop of the Called Churches, and founder and president of STAND. Staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening, your host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. And I am he. Great to be with you again today. Hope you're having a wonderful day out there. You know, after those terrible storms that happened in the Midwest, and, and I don't think any of that weather affected where I am, but we, we had some pretty you know, dank days uh, during that time. It's great to see the sun shining. I don't know where you are, but I trust the sun is shining where you are. And we particularly pray for those folks uh, for whom a very dark cloud is looming over them. And that is the aftermath of these terrible tornadoes that hit Mayfield and, and the surrounding area and a number of other states apparently lasted for some what is it, 100 miles, 100 miles, in fact, I think actually a 200-mile stretch of destruction. And uh, we really pray for God to give them grace and peace and comfort. And I know that it can't be easy to see your home literally gone up in smoke, in effect. I mean, just, just disappear in a second. That cannot possibly be easy. So... Uh, we just, man, we, we, we want uh, everything that can be done to help folks to, to do it. Um, uh, I'm seeing news that's saying that people are now pleading already for donations. So I guess folks, um, some people are saying, you know, not everything is getting to everybody. And there's some people who are asking for donations. And as I've said before, I don't know exactly where to tell you to um, send donations. They are pouring in, apparently. People are asking for them, and they are pouring in. Uh, but I would encourage you to do, do your own research and figure out where you think you can be of most help and how you think you can be of most help. I know some people have shown up to volunteer. Uh, others simply send donations because you're just not in a position to go and be of help. They're on the ground physically. But uh, pastors and churches apparently are rising to the occasion and doing everything they can uh, to make the situation a little bit better. You know, these are, are terribly tragic moments, but they are a reminder to all of us that we really are a family. As Americans, we are a family. And we have to care about and be concerned about each other. And folks, that is not socialism. That's Christianity. That's the, that's the Judeo-Christian values and ethics and morals that inform our culture. That's where that comes from. Not a place of socialism where the government is issuing edicts and ordering everybody to do what it thinks they should best do. That's each of us following our own conscience and doing what we believe God would have us do and what our own conscience would dictate to us to do. By the way, speaking of dictating, my guest uh, in the next segment is uh, a, a an encore presentation from uh, Dr. Uh, Rich of Yale University, who is going to be coming back to talk about the the communist Chinese Wuhan virus, or popularly known as COVID. <sighs> Things have 
have really developed since he was on the program, what, um, I think at this point, maybe a, a month, six weeks ago. Uh, Japan is issuing a health warning uh, about the vaccine for young people because they're seeing, uh, a, 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 literally, they're seeing a, a wide occurrence, widespread occurrence of myocarditis in their young people, and they're concerned about it. Now, apparently, the powers that be in our country have not yet reached that point of, of revelation where they think they need to warn people because we don't hear anything about side effects. We don't hear anything about natural immunity. In fact, I want to ask him about that. I heard a, a doctor on another network, a television network, say earlier today that um, natural immunity can be dangerous. And that's the first time I've heard that. Never heard that one before. And but but that natural immunity plus plus at least one shot is superior to all the shots without natural immunity. And that just doesn't make a bit of sense to me. But we'll find out from Dr. Rich what he thinks. He is an expert on these matters. I am not. I told you all this this stuff has this this whole event has really made us aware of the totalitarian impulse in people, even people who are Americans who should be committed to freedom, should uh, freedom ought to be flowing in their veins. It, it, ought, to, it ought to be the, the, their heartbeat, the pulse of their lives ought to be freedom because we are a freedom-loving people and this is a free nation of free individuals. But you know what I've always said we are not the greatest country that the world has ever seen because we are genetically or inherently better people. We are the greatest country the world has ever seen because we were founded on better values. And those values have guided us and helped us and, and directed us and, and, and made us, positioned us, that is, for the blessings of Almighty God. And that's what's made us, that, is, that has made us, that, that, that whole mosaic has made us the greatest nation in the history of mankind. But, but, the moment we reject those values, the moment we reject God, you can see how Americans also could slip into the monstrous behavior that we've seen happen in other countries. And you just, you, you see the signs of it. You know, I am reading a book on the French Revolution because I got curious about it. You know, I've heard about Robespierre, Robespierre but I've, I've never read anything. And you know, I've said this before, if you'd asked the French people before the overthrow of King Louis XVI, whether there would be blood flowing in the streets and, and summary executions and, and mass murders and mass arrests. Uh, and, and, you know, they, they developed something called um, the law of suspects. And believe it or not, that was a law that simply meant if you are suspected of something, you could be incarcerated and executed. Seriously, folks. The law of suspects, and they 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 rounded up and and put people in in prison camps and labor camps, literally by the hundreds of thousands, and then executed many of them. 
And if you'd ask people before the overthrow of King Louis, if you'd ask people before the start of the so-called Revolution, they'd have said, oh, that'll never happen. Nothing like that will ever happen in France. We're too civilized. It'll never happen here. And the things that they did are, are so demonic that it's almost unimaginable. The French. Yeah, we're not, we're not talking about some aboriginal tribe. We're, we're talking about the French. And, they, and what they did, no, look, no aboriginal tribe has done any worse. Which here again proves it is not your ancestral background. It is not the continent that you, your ancestors came from or where you live. It is not your genetic background. It is not your complexion. It's not the skin it's the sin. And if you don't think that under the right circumstances, the devils in people could rise up and do something just as monstrous in this country if we were to let it go that far, you are sadly mistaken. That is why we have to preserve what we have the greatest opportunity, the greatest freedom, the greatest hope that's ever been offered any people, and we're not giving it up. Back in a moment. This is Viewpoints with Kirby Anderson. George Barna has been interviewing Americans throughout this year and published his results in the American Worldview Inventory. As I've mentioned in previous commentaries, he has concluded that most Americans have a syncretistic worldview, which is a cut-and-paste worldview. A very small minority of Americans have Marxism as their dominant worldview, but here's an interesting fact. A much more significant percentage of them do embrace ideas that could be described as Marxist views. For example, more than four in 10 agree that race is used by white people to advance their economic and political interest at the expense of people of color. More than a quarter believe that allowing people to own property facilitates economic injustice. Marxists have called for the abolition of private property. Nearly a majority agree with the statement that human beings have developed over a long time from less advanced forms of life in a process that occurred naturally. It's worth noting that Karl Marx sent an autographed copy of his book Das Kapital to Charles Darwin. A majority say that determining moral truth is up to each individual. There are no moral absolutes that apply to everyone all the time. Marxism, along with humanism and many other secular worldviews, deny the existence of absolute moral truth. Church Barn has also been researching the values of the younger generation that have been more accepting of Marxist ideas and socialism. He believes conditions are ripe for the expansion of Marxism in this country. Although a very small percentage of Americans embrace a Marxist worldview, they nevertheless hold to many values that parallel Marxist views. Everyone from pastors to politicians should take note. I'm Kirby Anderson, and that's my point of view. For a free copy of Kirby's booklet, A Biblical View on Critical Race Theory, go to viewpoints.info slash CRT. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it time for open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also when you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. For the typical family, switching to MediShare saves about $500 a month, which is a game changer for a lot of people. And what's more, 
They like it. MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate when compared to health insurance. Double. It really is remarkable. There's more than 400,000 members now who have shared more than $4 billion in medical bills, so they can handle your bills too. And here's the thing. If you join before December 15th, They'll waive your new member fee. So that's another $170 you'll save. I'll give you the number here in a second, but call and you'll get a price within two minutes. And again, the deadline, December 15th. So call now and you'll save even more. Call 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. When you die, are you going to heaven or not? You can know for sure. Heaven or not. Dot net. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. Well, folks, for an encore uh, appearance uh, or visit, because you can't see him, Uh, But Dr. Harvey Risch is a professor of epidemiology in the Department of Epidemiology and Public Health at the Yale School of Public Health and the Yale School of Medicine. Uh, He's the author of more than 350 original peer-reviewed research publications uh, in the medical literature. And those research papers, by the way, have been cited uh, by scientific publications more than 44,000 times. He is... Uh, a member of the Connecticut Academy of Sciences and Engineering. Dr. Rich, thank you so much for joining me again. We really had a, a, a wonderfully informative time with you last time, and so I wanted to have you come back because there have been a number of developments since then. Pleasure to be and, with you. Well, thank you. And, and by the way, let me just commend you, too, because one of the reasons why I really love having you on is you are one of those medical professionals that has not allowed uh, the, this this whole COVID thing to become politicized. And it has, and I think it's one of the reasons why it's so difficult to, to arrive at any kind of consensus because people believe it's being used to manipulate people rather than just letting the science and the facts speak for themselves and following that wherever, wherever it leads us. Uh, and you're one of those people who I believe is just following the facts and the science wherever it leads you without any kind of political agenda. So just want to commend you uh, for that and, and let my audience know that uh, that I really admire that in you because uh, there aren't very many um, who have taken that kind of position. So, Well, if so I didn't Phil- do that, I could get a lot higher paying job. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, since we last talked, we've got now the Omicron variant. And you really broke news as far as I'm concerned when you were on last time when you said that this this vaccine that they're using, it creates variants. And of course, now we see a, a brand new variant that has a lot of people shaking and is causing, you know, lockdowns and so forth. So so first of all, is is that still your view? And and tell us what you think about the, the proper reaction to this Omicron variant. Okay, so I'm very optimistic about Omicron, in fact. But let me just start with the first question, which is that vaccines increase the chance that a variant will escape from a person in which it develops. Uh, unless the vaccine is what we call sterilizing, means that the virus is eradicated, uh, virus is eradicated 100% in each person who's vaccinated. Since that's not the case, the, the, these viruses make trillions of copies 
in each person, and the, the, they're error-prone, and they make thousands or tens or hundreds of thousands of mutation uh, virus particles. But in normal people, those uh, mutation viruses are so outnumbered by the, the regular virus that started replicating and growing in the person that they really don't have much of a probability, a statistical chance of getting out and infecting somebody else. But in a vaccinated person, since the vaccine suppressed 90 95%, 98% of the virus replication in the, the, the infected person, then a, a virus that escapes that immunity from the, developed from the vaccine isn't inhibited, whereas the original strain is, and so it has a much larger opportunity to replicate while the original strain in that person is suppressed, and so it has a much larger chance of getting out into another person. And that's why the vaccines predispose towards the generation of mutant strains in the population. It doesn't guarantee it. It's still not a big risk, but it, it's more likely to happen in vaccinated people. Omicron, it appears, did not necessarily come from that, that in Africa, there's a large, a relatively large percent, Southern Africa, a relatively large percentage of people who are under treatment for HIV AIDS, and therefore their immune systems are interfered with, and it's likely, or possible at least, that the Omicron variant came about because of uh, somebody like that who had an altered immune system that let many more uh, mutations occur and pre and gave those a host to, to those kinds of, of strains getting out. Now, Omicron is a very interesting uh, variant on, on COVID because there's no question that it is a mild infection. And uh, the one, you know, we've seen thousands of cases now reported in, in Africa and around the world, and there's lots of, of consistent evidence all pointing to the fact that it's a mild or asymptomatic infection. The one report out of UK a couple of days ago saying that a patient had died with Omicron did not say that they had died from Omicron. That is a huge difference, and you can be assured that if the patient had died from the virus, it would have said that because that's what the media do. In general, they want to get attention, and they make messaging as intense as possible. So they didn't say that, which implies that it wasn't from Omicron. It was just somebody who was tested positive who died from another you know, serious illness. So Omicron is a mild infection, and whether or not it's more transmissible is, is irrelevant because, honestly, we don't care about cases, or if anything, we want more cases to occur to develop population immunity. We care about people getting really sick and getting hospitalized and dying. And since Omicron is not doing that, then this is a very optimistic scenario. So don't look at the case counts. Look at, at the hospitalizations and mortality to see whether we need to, you know, to be concerned and how to manage things. Uh, it, we also know that, that Omicron has been popping up sporadically all over the place. And that can only happen when there's a lot more asymptomatic infections. In other words, people who have Omicron who are just not symptomatic don't know they have it because it can, viruses can't suddenly appear simultaneously all over in disparate places around the world. It has to get there, and it has to grow. And if you're not seeing the growth, or you're not seeing all of the, the you know, expansion of infection, like in an outbreak, then that expansion is silent. And that just means it's asymptomatic. And so that's another component of evidence 
that that this is a very mild infection. Well, given what you just said, can you explain why, particularly if you think this is coming from parts of the medical community, why this outsized reaction? Because, as you know, New York has, has at least Mayor de Blasio, we'll see whether these things stand, has issued draconian rules for New York that every child five years old has to have a vaccination card. I've heard Dr. Fauci talking about the need now. You've got to have a booster. You've got to have additional shots uh, to, to deal with Omicron. And when it was first being talked about, it sounded like, like kind of like what happened when we first heard about COVID, the end of the world. Why aren't we hearing more, uh, a more rational approach to this is what you just suggested? Well, I think there are financial motives involved. And I think there are, are political motives involved. This is not a political consideration, but it got turned into a political tool. And you know, uh, pl- uh, political parties use whatever tools at their disposal to promote their interests. So the the parties that are in control of being able to do that are the ones that have, have done that largely. And that's unfortunate because it does not provide an optimal solution by any means to how we've managed the pandemic from the beginning. Now, you and I talked about uh, natural immunity or the, the body's natural immunity. You just alluded to it again about you know, people getting mild or asymptomatic cases and, and how this helps th- the population to become, you know, ultimately to overcome the disease. Um, but are you frustrated, as, as I am and many others are, that there just doesn't seem to be any official discussion of that aspect of things at all? Yes. And I think it's unconscionable. And in fact, the whole issue of mandates goes back. Uh, you're an, a, an attorney, I understand, and so you know that that the issue of mandates for pandemics goes back to the Jacobson Supreme Court case in 1905. And I've I've written an essay at the, the Brownstone site on that case and how it applies to COVID today. The Jacobson case set up scrutiny, well, what's called in legal terms scrutiny, in other words, criteria for evaluating whether uh, a vaccine mandate is legal according to different criteria that are required, as the Chief Justice outlined in the case. And one of the things is natural immunity means that the mandate of vaccination, it becomes arbitrary because people with natural immunity do not need to be vaccinated. Their natural immunity is deficient for the purposes of what would be considered the, role, the goal of a mandate. And so, at least on that one criterion, and in fact all of them, the vaccines do not withstand the, the, the Jacobson case principles. And it may have to come to the, our Supreme Court now to evaluate it again, because the lower courts have not really taken on using what Jacobson established. But there is, so this, there's this law, there's this case precedent, about how to deal with pandemics and vaccine mandates. And we're not even, you know, looking at that carefully to see how we should be responding. Folks, Dr. Rich is going to stay on with us another segment to answer your questions. The number is 888-589-8840. Because I, I, I don't always keep a guest on for two segments but I and, and, and open it up for questions, but I really want you all to have an opportunity to talk to him because he's just one of the most intelligent voices I've heard speaking to this issue. Uh, now, what about this new Pfizer pill that they've talked about? We're about to take a break, and, and you, if you can't get the entire answer in, we'll finish it in the next segment. 
But this new Pfizer pill that everybody's saying this this may be the answer, that it reduces symptoms by 80 percent or at least reduces, you know, serious uh, cases of COVID by 80 percent. Um, is that something we can look ahead to that will get us out of the cycle of yeah, Well, we'll let you answer this when you come back. Uh, maybe this is something that will get us out of the cycle of, of one shot, two shots, three shots, booster shots, and, and maybe having to repeat that cycle who knows how often uh, because they're saying now that the, the vaccine wanes in effectiveness over time, over a fairly short time. Folks, my guest is Dr. Harvey Risch. We'll be back in a moment. It's my turn. Here is your host for My Turn, Don Wildman. Strange how God made the world, or not, not the actual creation, but the way in which he made us human beings. He implanted within all of us, you know, the desire to love and to be loved, to appreciate and be appreciated. And some of the grandest moments of our lives are when we are reminded that we are loved and appreciated. Once I received in the mail a letter from a couple who live in Almogordo, New Mexico. It was a rather short letter, probably taking the writer a couple of minutes to write. But the good it did me was measureless. May I share it with you? We'd like you to know it began how very much whatsoever things written by you and published in our Star Shopper means to us. We look forward to it each week and always enclose it in a letter to someone. May God continue to bless your work for him. Well, a couple of days later, another small note came in the mail. This one was from Deltaville, Virginia. Using the title of one of my recent newspaper articles, the writer had written a single line which made me humble and thankful. Your articles, the writer wrote, stir up my hope. All of us have this desire, don't we? Every one of us appreciates appreciation. We like a little flattery occasionally, even if we know it isn't true. And when someone says something to us which complements something we have done, it lifts our hearts beyond expression. Why we humans fail to use this wonderful power which costs nothing and buys everything is hard to understand. It has the power to heal our hurts, find us friends, and build up brotherhood. The world is waiting to open its doors to anyone who will live this way. To those who can find compliment instead of condemnation. To those who can find friends instead of fault. To those who look for the best instead of the bad. The world literally opens its doors and says, Welcome! The person who can develop this way of living will never be in want, never go hungry, never be alone. People will absolutely stand at their door begging for their companionship. Now, where does one acquire this way of living? Why, from the Galilean, of course. For isn't it he who teaches us to look for the good? Isn't it he who causes us to forget our stinginess and selfishness? Isn't it he who teaches us to lose ourselves so that we may find ourselves? So I guess that if we are interested in finding life to be this way, we have to be willing to follow his way. Many of us are willing to take this approach when dealing with our friends. Few of us are willing to do it when we deal with our enemies. 
It's a real shame, too. For we could get rid of our enemies by living this way. Don't we get rid of our enemies when we make them our friends? It's true. Little things mean a lot, especially expressed appreciation. This has been My Turn with Don Wildman, a production of the American Family Association. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. We're back. My guest is Dr. Harvey Risch. And folks, I can see some of the questions you all are proposing, and, and they're great. I just want to encourage everybody. He is not a politician. He, I don't, I don't, I didn't bring him on to to talk about the politics of COVID. I really want you all to be able to, to pick his brain as a scientist and as a renowned uh, physician uh, and scholar, uh, so that we can really get good information about this. In fact, so we can transcend the politics of it and 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 really deal with facts. The number is eight 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 five eight nine eight eight four zero. Uh, Dr. Rich, we're going to go to some questions. Um, you know, you can you can you can respond to what I was talking about. To what Pfizer, if you want to take a moment to do that. Sure. Uh, both Pfizer and Merck have come out with early treatment uh, pills that are still under evaluation for testing. The Merck pill, in my opinion, is a dangerous medication because it promotes uh, viral mutation and. And most of those virus particles die, but not all of them. And there's a risk that a mutant strain will get out from that and could be much more dangerous than what we've even experienced. The, it also is not all that effective. It only has about a 75% benefit. The uh, Pfizer uh, uh, pill is actually a combination pill. It doesn't work well enough on its own, and so it has a second ingredient that slows the liver down in metabolizing it so it can stay around longer. And... It looks like it has evidence that it, it may work. We don't really know about its toxicity, in other words, the side effects that it will have. And you can compare $1,000 a treatment from that to, um, you know, $6 for a treatment with hydroxychloroquine or, or $20 for a treatment with ivermectin. The, the price difference is dramatic, and, and the, the generic medications, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, are much more effective we know that they're 85, 90% effective when used in combination with each other and, and with vitamins and, and antibiotics and so on from clinical experience. So, you know, it's a, a choice that doctors and their patients will have to make. Yeah, that raised a whole other issue. But let's, let's, let's get to these questions. Uh, let's go first to uh, Diane in Pennsylvania. Diane, welcome. Yes, hello. Glad to speak to you, Bishop. Uh, I know this might be a little off topic, but I was wondering about the flu vaccine. I understand that it has been made uh, for um, people over 65 years of age, and it has been made um, another type of flu vaccine for people over the age of 65. And I know this time I got a reaction from it, and I was talking to a neighbor, and she said she had gotten very ill from it. And that's how I found out that there was a commercial on the television talking about this stronger flu vaccine. And I was wondering, did they add any, is anything harmful in that? Or, what, or was it just, you know, I, I was just wondering about that because okay. I became ill. And this lady, she also became very ill. All right. So okay. I'm not an expert Diane, thank in, you. in the, the flu vaccines, but I can say that the uh, flu vaccine aimed at over 65 years of age 
has four components in it. Last time it had three, they've made it four. That's standard. The dose of the antigens in it are higher compared to the regular vaccine, and that's because that helps in older individuals to make a good antibody response, and that's probably why some people have had, you know, these kinds of what are still considered relatively mild side effects from the vaccination. Uh, feeling out of it for a day or two and having a swelling on your arm, all things considered, is, is relatively mild if you really get a benefit and not getting a life-threatening illness. So it's just, you have to take some of this in stride when it's at that level of things. All right, let's go to the next question. Uh, we've got Samuel in Texas. Samuel, welcome. Yes, um, thank you, Bishop. And um, I just wanted to ask Dr. Reich, Reich um, a particular question. He made a point dealing with uh, something along the lines of being vaccinated, then a person, there's a chance of a, a mutation escaping going from a person. Is that what's termed as antibody-dependent enhancement? And then the second portion of that, I believe he has alluded to it also with hydro, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, I guess the early treatment protocols. Could he maybe make a comment on that and say, what can a citizen do to try to help others with this information? Thank you, Samuel. Well, and, and to answer the second question first, you're, you live in Texas, and Texas uh, is free for doctors to prescribe what they think best for their patients. And so... In Texas, you can get prescriptions. Doctors are willing to prescribe, not all, but many are willing to prescribe those medications in early treatment, and so it's available and, and can be obtained and, and used. Antibody-dependent enhancement is something that has been observed in mRNA vaccines in animals in previous studies over the last 20 years. And what it, what it means is that instead of uh, uh, the immune response providing antibodies that neutralize the virus, it provides antibodies that coat the virus and protect it from the immune system. And this is a theoretical issue now for our current vaccines, but we don't have evidence yet to know whether this is a reality or not. And it'll probably take another year before we really have an idea about that. So right now it's a theoretical anxiety, but we don't know yet. Okay, let's go to the next question. We've got Adam in Iowa. Adam, welcome. Yeah, well, thank you. Um, uh, my question has to do uh, with natural immunity. First off, I, I believe I had COVID I, um, really early on in the pandemic. It was early March, and there wasn't even a test available at the time. And then by the time I figured out what was going on with COVID, I could have gotten an antibody test to confirm, but it was really expensive, so I didn't. So anyway i was i was really sick i had all those symptoms a couple weeks before i was back to normal um but my question then is i've made the decision not to get vaccinated because of the idea that i've already had it i had it really bad so my two twofold my question is how long does natural immunity last generally and is there truth to the idea that if you had really bad symptoms um you might have a stronger immune response thank so, you adam the the question natural immunity can last for quite a long time at least 13 months probably 20 years maybe even longer the the immune cells that circulate in our blood eventually decline and they go and the ones that make the antibodies go into hibernation and stored up ready to be activated when an infection that that triggers them occurs 
if that didn't happen, our blood would just sludge up, with, you know, filled with all of the, the antibodies from every infection we've ever had. So it has to work that way. And that does not mean that people are no longer immune. They're perfectly well immune, and the immunity lasts a long time. You just can't measure it so easily that way. T cells do stay around longer than antibodies, and they can be measured. There are tests. They're, they cost a couple hundred dollars, so they're not inexpensive. But, um, you know, it's hard to document well after the fact that a person might be immune. So I think that um, the, the issue of, of natural immunity is one that just has not been taken seriously because it conflicts with the financial goals of selling the vaccine to every person on the planet. Let's get one more question in here. Let's see. Go to Wayne in Mississippi. Yes, sir. Appreciate it, Bishop. Russell, I really enjoyed listening to you. Yes, sir. This is for the doctor. Uh, yes, sir. Before I go to church, I'm not going to mention where it's at. But we have some church members, sir, that have received the COVID shot uh, for over a year now. <clears throat> and uh, also received the boosters they're talking about and uh these good friends christian believers have been checked with a doctor and each one husband and wife have come down with covid and i'm going to ask you something sir the doctor yes sir why is that if it's there to protect why is it they have caught it and i talked all right to wayne a, wayne we're, we're we're close to a break i think you got the question out go ahead dr rish so unfortunately, the, the vaccines and the boosters don't work perfectly. They have some benefit. That benefit wanes over time. And so people can still be infected. And that's the reason why we need early treatment. Because whether you've been vaccinated or not, if you get COVID, you know, in a, in especially in a high-risk or older person, they need to be treated as soon as possible. And that's why these medications are, are so crucial. Doctor, I'm hearing a lot of reports of people who've had are fully vaccinated getting the disease and also transmitting it to others. I haven't heard much of that at all about people who've already had it. Is it? I mean, I, I, so I don't know. I, I'm I, my wife and I are going to get tested and see where our immune system is. But, but doctor, in the meantime, thank you so much for this straightforward, easily understood scientific information. And we're going to have you back again if you're willing. Uh, God bless you. Thanks so much. In his image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. I loved it. I loved how biblically sound it was, all the scripture to back it up. The testimonies were very powerful. If it's a prodigal child that has just run away or one that's caught up in same-sex attraction, there's hope in Jesus. In His Image is now available on DVD and can be purchased in bulk to pass out to friends and family. Order today by visiting afastore.net. Hannah's Heart, a half-hour program specifically designed to encourage Christian couples walking through infertility and miscarriage. This is not a show that's going to promise you a certain outcome, but this is a show that says however God answers your cry, we know that He's enough. Hannah's Heart with Ann Cockrell and Kendra White each Saturday afternoon at 5 Central on American Family Radio. You can find the podcast at AFR.net. It all came down to the ultrasound. And I saw this little lima bean looking thing with a halo, which I thought was incredible. 
a baby wasn't really in the plan for this young mom. After seeing a halo on her baby on ultrasound at a preborn center, she was still leaning towards abortion. And I got to hear the heartbeat and I got chills. In that moment, I just felt God's arms come around me and hug me and tell me that it was gonna be okay. Preborn centers are the largest providers of free ultrasounds in the country as they equip centers to save more babies and souls. To find out more, go to preborn.com or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. I choice to become a mom and hear those little footsteps running down the hallway every morning is all because I had an ultrasound. It saved my life and hers. When you go through something traumatic like a miscarriage, and for me it was even an emergency surgery where I almost lost my life. Deborah Faleta on Focus on the Family Minute. You are in survival mode. And when you're in survival mode, you don't have the time or the energy to stop and really process that loss. Of course, you feel the loss on a superficial level. You cry, you talk about it. But I think we're surprised sometimes when trauma comes back later. Sometimes we feel like we're backtracking. You know, maybe I didn't really heal, but I want people to realize that God has made it that way. We heal in layers, Mm -hmm. one layer at a time. And just because whatever trauma you've been through might be coming back in this season, doesn't mean you haven't healed, but it might mean that God wants to heal the next layer and the next layer and the next layer. More from Deborah at FamilyMinute.org. Back to the Awakening with Bishop E.W. Jackson on American Family Radio. Now I ask you, who would you rather listen to, Dr. Harvey Risch or Anthony Fauci? I I think that's a no-brainer because this man comes with information. He's not trying to sell you anything. He's not trying to to control you. He's not trying to, to, to browbeat you into submission to his iconic status, you know, a legend in his own mind. You know, that's what Fauci, he's, oh, he's a legend, he's a legend in his, oh, yes. As far as he's concerned, he is science. Uh, but thank God for people like this. And look, I'm going to have to have him on again because I, I, I realize all of you probably have lots of questions and, and you don't get a chance to talk to an expert like this very often. And I think the next time I have him on, I'm going to do all questions from you. I'm just going to let him take your questions rather than interviewing him. Let you interview him because you all have some outstanding questions, interesting questions, and you're going to get to all the issues that I would raise anyway. So next time, I promise you, that's that's the way we're going to do it unless there's some big, big, big issue that he's just got to respond to. I'm going to plan to bring him on so he can talk to you. Look, the number is 888-589-8840. I'm going to take your calls on any issue you want to raise. You want to continue to talk about COVID, that's fine. Uh, and while I'm waiting to hear from you all, I'll bring up a couple of things. And by the way, just think about this. Think of what a big, big mistake YouTube made me made was to, to suspend me. When I'm bringing that kind of programming, you would think they want people to hear it, but they don't because it doesn't comport with their ideological perspective. It doesn't comport with their little cult-like uh, idea about what's appropriate to hear and what's not. I, that That stuff is just... It's abominable. It really is. I mean, you and I are engaging in reasonable, rational discourse about important issues of the day. And you got these idiot big tech moguls who think they're gods who decide, no, 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 no. We, we don't want people to hear what you all are saying. 
See, because it means they don't want people to hear what I'm saying. They don't want people to hear what you're saying either. Because, you know, this is a call-in talk show. And they, they banned it. They don't want to hear what you've got to say either. And these people, I, I've said, folks, these people are anti-American. They really are. They, they don't like us. They don't like America. They don't like Americans. And they certainly don't like our brand of Americans. 888-589-8840. Boy, this is a big switch in gear. But I, I, I do want to just get this out. And then I'll come to your calls as our producers have you ready. Did you all see the story that the CIA covered up staff members engaged in pedophilia, exploiting children, that they actually let go one of the people caught engaged with a two-year-old child? I grit my teeth when I say that and didn't prosecute him, didn't report it to the authorities. And about 10 of them got away with it, 10 of them. It, you know what my, I think? I think there are more. If, if we know about 10, you can rest assured there's a whole lot more than 10. And, you know, I know there's been this, this conspiracy theory floating around about this pedophile ring and all that. And you all know, I don't, I don't subscribe to conspiracy theories. But you see, I think there is a conspiracy. And the conspiracy is, is, is the devil and his demonic forces. <laughs> that's the conspiracy. See, that's why, folks, when people are in agreement in depravity and degeneracy and, and perversion, they don't need to conspire. Because they're, they're all on the same page. They, they, they're in sync with one another. And it almost looks like there's some kind of conspiracy going on because you see all these people, you know, libraries putting out children's books with pedophilic uh, information in it and, 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 and explicit photographs and all of that. And you see these uh, teachers unions wanting to introduce children to transgenderism at preschool. And, and you just think, what, are they all talking to each other? No, but they're all talking to the same demons. They're all talking to the same demons. And it, it, to me, this is, it, it, it really, and of course the FBI's got now, FBI's got a new scandal too. FBI agents went overseas on a mission and ended up getting caught in, engaged in all kinds of prostitution and that kind of stuff, uh, which of course it subjects them to, to potential blackmail and and puts, again, the national security of our country at risk. What is going on? Well, we know what's going on. Romans 1 tells us what's going on. Because they did not acknowledge God. God gave them up to reprobate minds to do those things which are unseemly. And folks, let there be no mistake about it. If you all forgive me if this is repetitive, but it really bears repeating. There is no limit to the depths of depravity to which people will sink when they reject God. And that's exactly what we're witnessing in our country. And, and, and frankly, we're going to put a stop to it. We are going to put a stop to it. In the name of Jesus, 888-589-8840 is the number. Got some open lines and got about, uh, well, eight eight minutes or so to, to take some of your, well, maybe not quite that, seven or eight. So I can get three or four in. 
So let's let's get right to it, shall we? Uh, let's see. Let's go to David in Indiana. David, welcome. Hey. How you doing? Hey. Go uh, right ahead. Physician, physician's desk reference. Are you familiar with? with yes, I am. Book? Sure. Look, look up the short-term and the long-term side effects to any depression medicine, any of the Ritalins, and any of those things these kids have been raised on all these years. And if you don't see the... No, I'll just leave it there. I'll let you look it up. You're so good at looking up everything else. Um, I appreciate you, and God well, bless you. Thank you. God bless you, David. Well, look, I, I think I know what you're alluding to, and that is that um, this this whole the way this whole thing has been handled has created more side effects than just the vaccine. And by the way, I, I think I mentioned this, but the Japanese have now issued a healthcare warning because of the myocarditis that they see happening among young people in Japan. And I'm thinking, well, if it's happening in Japan, we know it's happening here, but why hasn't our government issued any kind of warning? Because they don't want to do anything that suggests that you shouldn't get this shot. And Dr. Rich said it, their financial motives. And there's a lot of money being made here. And sadly, it's being made on the backs of the American people. All right. Thank you for the call, David. Let's go to Scott in Mississippi. Scott, welcome. Hey, Bishop. Appreciate your program very much. Thank you, sir. Pray for you and your family as well. Thank you. Um, help me out here. I'm, uh, help me wrap my mind around something. I listen to a lot of the experts. I listen to a lot of the experts that are invited on shows like yours, and I really mm-hmm. appreciate y'all being open to finding, to exploring the, the truth or getting to the truth or at right. least uh, getting the other stuff out of the way. Um, I can't wrap my head around how the variants are identified and when they are identified. So if I had COVID last week, just say, whether I had been vaccinated or not, how would they know and when would they know what kind of COVID variant I had and who's keeping up with that? How do they separate it out from all the general lot of COVID cases? Well, look, Scott, that's a great question. That's that's one of the reasons why I'm going to have him back on I don't know how they do it, what the test is that they, they do or use to do it, but they're telling us that they can make the distinction, that they know when it's Omicron and they know, or Omicron, and they know when it's Delta, uh, and I suppose the other one is just, just regular old COVID, but they, they, they're suggesting that they know the difference, and so there must be some kind of test that's been developed to, to tell people just which variant they have. Uh, but here again, uh, look, I, I'll, I'd have to look up uh, not only in uh, the FDR, but I have, to, I have to look up some of those things that uh, the Dr. Rich was talking about because, you know, he some of the questions he asked, were, that were asked of him, and I commend you all for these great questions, brother, he went deep. I mean, I thought, well, this guy knows his stuff because he, he did not hesitate to expound on this stuff. So we'll get him back. But in the meantime, uh, I'm going to try to find that information for you before I get him back. Cause it'll be a little while before he comes back. Thank you for the call, Scott. Uh, let's see, let's go to, uh, Mike in Texas. Mike, welcome. Hey, how's it going? Good afternoon, Bishop. God bless. I mean, quick, quickly, uh, sure. about three years ago or so I had a fallout with one, uh, a guy, he was a homosexual guy. He's now a friend and a converted Christian, but we had a Praise fallout God. about the whole pedophilia thing, and I tell them that uh, the LGBT movement was going to be this, you know, pr- push that movement. And, uh, and he had an argument with me, and I say, well, 
if a man can say or a woman can say they were born and they attracted to the same sex and they were born that way and, oh, it's a mental thing because I tried to like my, you know, the opposite sex and it just isn't attractive for me and this and that. What can make a person say, hey, I, I was born to, you know, not say I was born a, a adult or, you know, this age, but I'm only attracted to children. You know, if we'll allow this man to say he's gay because he's only attracted to men and it's a mental thing, why wouldn't they allow, you know, a person to say, hey, I'm only attracted to children. I've tried to like, you know, my own age and my, you know, opposite sex. And I said, that'll be the door that opens for, you know, this pedophilia movement. And then sure enough, California started rolling out with it. And we, and I showed in those cases in California and how they were trying to change the age, the legal consent age to four with the parents' consent. And uh, at that point, he realized, you know, the error. And uh, since then, he's converted and he's trying to, you know, witness to other homosexuals to, to let them Please know that, God. hey, you know, it, this is this is wrong what we're doing and uh, unfortunately you know it, it does i mean if it'll excuse a person to say hey you yep. know i'm attracted to a, the wrong sex then what, what you know why not why wouldn't they the left excuse them saying hey i'm attracted to a, a minor you know and it not be okay well mike thank god for you because more of us need to have the courage to say it because and so thanks for the call too mike we're almost at the end of the program folks but they vilify us when we say it because, oh, that's homophobia. You're trying to. But it's it's fact. And, and I put it this way, Mike, and to all of you. I said, once you reject God's rules, then what are, then who who it, who erects the next set of rules? And we know that for them, the answer is they do. And if they decide, well, you know what? Actually, if a child can give consent to whether its gender is the gender it was born at, why couldn't a child give consent to whether it could be intimate with an adult? Yeah, why not? Because God said it's evil and it's wicked in the same way that homosexuality is evil and it's wicked and it's perverse and it's abomination in the sight of God. That's going to do it for today, folks. God bless each and every one of you. Love you. Pray for us here at AFR. And remember, we cannot be defeated if we will not quit because we are on God's side.